Do you really want your company to stand out in the crowded digital space? Do you want to get more people to know, like, and trust you with your story? Authentic Web Video Marketing Agency can help you to collect those stories, the stories that sell, connect the stories to the situation, produce the videos that you need in each of the situations, and then use the latest techniques, including video ads, retargeting, and email to deliver those video stories. Authentic Web is the video production and marketing agency trusted by top marketers to help their story stand out in a crowded space. Visit AuthenticWeb.media to learn more. In a world full of boring stories, bad videos, and marketing misinformation, one very tall man with a weird last name will use his microphone. Is this thing on? Use his video marketing knowledge. It's the red button, right? And use his friends. Please be on the show. To change that. You are listening to The Garlic Marketing Show with Ian. What? No, that's how you pronounce it. Well, if you say so, your host, Ian Garlic. Welcome to another Garlic Marketing Show. Today, we're going to be talking finances, and I know that's weird because it's a marketing show, but it's not really weird. It's important because investments are important. Our guest today is a five-time author. You know, he's a financial consultant, but really has been on the path of growing many businesses from the ground up and helps entrepreneurs do that, helps them invest, helps business owners invest. And I think it's an important subject of how you think about your money because that's going to dictate how you think about your business, your marketing. Uh, Damien Lupo, thank you for joining us today. Ian, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me, man. Awesome. So um, you are also the founder of Yokido, your own martial art. Can you tell me a little bit about that? <laughs> yeah, as if I wasn't busy with you know, writing books and running businesses and investing, I thought, hey, you know what? I'll start a martial art. That sounds like a good idea. <laughs> I, actually, it was it was sort of an accident because after years of training, and I think this happens a lot for anything that we really pour our heart and soul into, you, you start developing your own version, your own flavor. And at some point, you start to shift away from maybe the, the thing that you studied because your natural essence just seeps up through your pores. And, and so after about... Eh, 15, 12, 13 years of, of studying Aikido and starting to dip into yoga, I realized there was a synergy between the two. And my natural style with Aikido really started to shift into a unique version of it. And I, I decided that should be called Yokido because those were my two favorite things. And so I spent my time developing that and, and building out this, you know, the website and, and doing videos and, and just having a good time with it. So that's, it, it really was an accident. I didn't, I didn't start training in martial arts thinking I'm going to have my own martial art. I just <laughs> showed up and started training, which I think is a reflection of life. If we show up and really dig into something, eventually we show up, we, we become this thing that takes on its own life in a way. And that's really what the, the art uh, became was this this version of me out there that's very cool and that's that's important in business and marketing right to show up showing up is critical a lot of people don't show up in marketing but then also uh being yourself and we we're talking a little bit about that before the podcast now you do a lot of stuff you know you've owned it says you know I, i've read more than 30 different companies how do you keep realizing who you are and showing up in 30 different companies and and are do you still own 30 different companies 
<laughs> well, so you, I, I think when you when you first start out, oftentimes you don't have a clue about who you are. You just end up in the middle of stuff, and, you, and you're thrashing around, figuring it out. So a lot of those companies, I was just doing things, I was trying things, and 30 companies doesn't mean 30 successful companies. Let's let's not give anybody the wrong impression here. This, a, a lot of these were epic fails, and so it was just it was a process of me learning, cutting my teeth. I mean, these started I, the first one started when I was 11, and then the majority of them were in my 20s and 30s. So. You, you, you learn who you are through business. I think it's a, it's a great way of opening you to you by going and being in the real world, the real live fire, you know, trying things, seeing how you react when things don't work out. When people yell at you, they tell you that you're, you're, you're worse than the devil. I mean, when things happen, you really learn a lot about yourself, but you don't really get that unless you're in the middle of live fire. Yeah. And so many people are scared of those bad things happening. Right. But I mean, I, I, I I'm assuming that you wouldn't take back any of those bad things happening. No, man. And, I, and I'll tell you that some of those things are extreme bad. Like one of my one of my experiences was was building this giant real estate portfolio. It was giant to me. I mean, I came up from a middle class background and building up a 20 million dollar portfolio. I thought I was kind of a badass. And I, I was out there and and it made a lot of success, had the Ferrari, had all this stuff. And and when that melted down, I had a lot of people that were on that journey with me on that trip train, which happens in business or investing. And when it crashed and, and people, we all lost money. One of the most powerful, painful things I've ever experienced is having people that I'd known for 30 years since I was like three years old, send me messages and say, I hope you rot in hell. You're worse than the devil. You're, you're terrible. And I just, I remember thinking, golly, this is, this sucks. This, I mean, this is business. But it, it, it really attacks your soul when that kind of stuff happens. And you, you really have to ask yourself, who am I? Did I make a mistake? Or am I really that bad of a person? Or is this somebody projecting? And you just, it's like serious therapy when you're in the middle of this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it is so true. Like the, 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 we learn not only from our failures, but from the epic failures. And that's, I mean, that's obviously in a way an epic failure, but you learned. And what, you know, how did you recover from something like that? How, how did you get up? Did you, was it the next day? Was it a year later? What did you do? Well, I, I mean, it's, it's a great question. And I think a lot of people are afraid of, of going out there because they're afraid what happens if I actually make a mistake, you know, and especially what if I have an epic situation and an epic mistake, a meltdown. And it's, it's not that you can't recover from this stuff. It's really that you lose the confidence. And so it definitely was not the next day because after being beaten down, I didn't really have a foundation. I didn't really understand who I was or my values. And so I didn't really know what I was starting from. And it took me a couple of years just to ask the questions of really what was, what's true? Who am I? What, and I, I needed help because I didn't know what the answers were, at least when I asked myself, looked in the mirror. So I got help and had, had people hold space for me to go do that and figure out those answers. And then after a few years, I mean, it literally took a few years of both having those conversations and then going into a deep uh, sense of practice. And that was, that was my martial art. I went in and, and was there getting clear and clean about what was simply true. And that was that I actually liked myself. And I had to get, I had to find a place where I liked myself. And, and once I did that, then I could go back out into the world with a, an exchanged, exchanged mind. It wasn't just a different mindset, but it was really, I changed my, my entire, my head. 
as as I've heard people describe things before, I I kind of transplanted, and and that was with a different sense of of me. It was a different spirit showing up, and it wasn't just about going out and and making more money because I've, I'd done that path and it didn't work out very well. And I realized it, it was because I didn't have anything that was deeper, more important that was driving the thing that would create the money. I was just focusing on more piles of, of greenbacks. I mean, that's a really dangerous play if that's your life mission. And it was, it was my mission for about 10 years. I think that, and I think that's an interesting thing because there's a, a lot of messages in there. First of all, that you have to be yourself, but also that you, you change over time. And that also chasing money, because one of the things I've seen in a lot of entrepreneurs early on is when you have a too mission driven or passion driven entrepreneur, they're not chasing the money enough. But then you get to that point where the money has to you you have to stop chasing the money. Right. Um, So what was it like, though? to say, hey, that's no longer me. Because I think that's a lot of what people are afraid of in being themselves too. It's not just showing who they are, but saying, well, what if one day I change and that's not me anymore? I think there's there's a fear that that we're going to lose ourselves. Um, you, you're, you made a you make a great point. That we we hear people that are that are heart centered. They're focusing on something they love, and they lose track of of the realities around money. It's like saying oxygen isn't really that important. Well, yeah, you realize how important it is when you're underwater, and it's like it's like you know, money is important. It's it's how we we function in in life. You can't just say that it doesn't matter. I'm going to be all in and passionate. The market may not care. So you've got to be you've got to be practical about about the numbers too, and and reasonable about about economic forces. So I I think there's a combination of those two things, and you can go extreme in one or the other. I was very extreme in in the money piece, and it was all about numbers and driving that stuff, and I, I missed the mission. And then now I've got a combination of the two, and what we do see is a lot of very broke, very passionate people that are floating mm-hmm. around, yep. and it's because they don't they don't intersect the passion and the talent and 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 the monetary the economic the you know the, the realities of that and you, you have to be present with those and that's where getting help from other people that have that have the, the wisdom can be so valuable instead of trying to figure this stuff all out on our own so how are you going out and getting help because i mean you've run successful businesses uh, you know let's step back a little bit and tell me about your business now tell me exactly how you work how you help people how you serve people and how you make money Perfect. So the, the the work that I'm doing now is the mission of the of the work is to and, and our, our tagline is to disrupt Wall Street. And so the mission is to is to give people an insight into an option where they can exit the Wall Street roller coaster and and take control of their money. So this this starts on our foundational values. And the number one is the self-responsibility value. We believe that people can and should be self-responsible. And the, the idea that that you should just hand money over to to Wall Street or to brokers or any of that stuff, I think is crazy. But we've been sold that that's the that's what you should do, and so there's this mission behind this that we want to help people take control so that they're not living in fear, whether they're 30 or 50, and even if somebody has a pile of money, there's still this fear around that. What if I lose it? And so we we say, okay, there's another option, and it takes two things: it takes tools and it takes 
the empowered ideas behind knowing that you've got the confidence to go do something with it. So we, we, we provide this tool and, and that's, that's the business model. We, we provide the tool to take the money out of wall street and, and put, put it in people's hands. And then the mission continues on as we, we talk to our, our customers and our clients and we're continually helping to strengthen their, their confidence muscle. So there's the mission continues to reinforce what we've sold them. It's not just a transaction where we sell them this tool and now they've got their money in their checkbook and they can go invest and take control. But we're really staying in relationship, which is one of our other six key values is relationship. So we've got this, both of these things. It's not just the money. It's not just, hey, we want to help people get off the roller coaster. We're blending those two together and then sharing that message. And it either resonates with people energetically or it doesn't. And if it does, it's it's it, the sales process is kind of strange because people go, yeah, that works. And when there's trust, they tend to say yes. And if it doesn't energetically work with somebody because they're not responsible, they just reject themselves right out of the system. It's kind of a great filter. Interesting. Interesting. And, and I like that idea of responsibility because once again, in marketing, we see it too, where people want to hand off their marketing, hand off the, the business development. I'm like, but if, if the business equation if you go A equals B equals C equals D, you get business, you have to get more clients. To get more clients, you, or to, get, to be in business, you have to get money. To get money, you have to get more clients. To get more clients, you have to do marketing. But And people are like, well, I don't want to do that. I don't want to learn how to do that. Um, so when, But the, you have people that do raise their hands and say, I want to be responsible. What's the process then that you work them through? Well, the, the process is to really figure out what they're trying to accomplish first. I think a lot of people say, I want something different, but they, there are two questions, really, what do you want this to look like down the road? What are we working for? So we get clear around that. And then we have to figure out where somebody is now. I mean, there's, there's so many things, there's so many things, so many bells and whistles. It's like squirrel country. You just chase things in every direction these days. And, and so we, we take people through that process to make sure that they're a good fit, that the system is a good fit. And it's not just selling the same hammer to everybody and saying, Hey, treat everything as a nail. And here's your hammer. It's really figuring out whether there's a good fit. And I think that's something that we can all do in any business. We can make sure that we're working with people that really do fit instead of just saying, Hey, you've got money. Uh, I'm your solution. I, I think that's a terrible approach and you end up with a lot of conflict. <laughs> and that's, it goes kind of goes back to the martial arts. You can either go into things and always be in conflict or you can naturally flow with things and, and be, be present and be connected with them. So that, that's the first question. Are we going to be in, are we going to be doing a dance together or are we just going to be in a fist fight the entire time? <laughs> um, and, how, who is your ideal client? Who is your avatar? It, it's fascinating to me because what, what I thought was the, the avatar originally was somebody that was 45, 50 years old and didn't really love their experience with with money, with investing. They just they felt like it was, it was just a casino. And what I'm finding is that as much as those people are saying, yeah, I want something different and I want to create, I want to take control of this, we're also finding a lot of people in their 20s and early 30s, a lot of millennials that are saying, I just don't want to even start on this roller coaster. This does not look like Disneyland to me. This looks like a, an epic disaster in the dark and I don't want to be on that ride. And I want to be in the driver's seat of, of this vehicle, of my finances. I don't want to be in the trunk hoping it all works out. I don't know. Don't go off a cliff. They don't trust those systems, those institutions. And so we're finding a lot of, a lot more younger people are saying, I'm not even going to go down the path. My parents went down because that doesn't look right to me. I don't trust it. That, it, it that's interesting because also, uh, you know, it, we've been marketed to so much about w what 
should be the right way to do things. And we believe it and, and people don't question it. And they don't realize it's it's marketing. It's not necessarily uh, you know, dogma in, in finances. Um, and, and so how do you break people of that idea? What are the techniques used to break people of the dogma of that's the, the usual way and this is the right way? Well, the first thing we we have to get really honest about is is when we we talk about the idea of people advising us because there's what you just said is absolutely right. We're we're getting messaged, we're getting attacked basically by these marketing machines, and what those marketing machines are telling us is you should have your financial advisor making decisions for you. And so my first rebuttal to that is to ask yourself: Are, are we talking about a financial advisor, or in most cases, are we talking about somebody that's pitching you and selling you something? They are, and if you're, if somebody's trying to sell you something in terms of of investments or money, the first question I always ask is, how do you make your money from the stuff that you're selling me, like on commissions, or do you make it from the investments that you're trying to get me to get into? And when we start asking the questions, we realize that most people aren't really advising; they're just pitching stuff. And so that's that's fine. Let's just be honest about the conversation we're having and stop looking at something irrationally. So we we really start there, and then and then we then we kind of go from there and re relook at all of our belief systems around money and the idea of retirement and whether cash is even worth anything or whether our idea of retirement is just it's it's us hoping that it's all going to work out and i always refer to this as smoking a lot of hopium where we (laughs) hope that it's going to work out at age 59 and really we're just taking a big (laughs) inhale into something that is crazy (laughs) yeah let's talk about that i mean it's gonna be a little off topic for marketing but i think retirement you know if you look back and people don't realize this and I was an economics major and traded but retirement is just an invention of the early 20th century there was no retirement right. before i mean and it was to get people out of the workforce that's right to make exactly. people in the workforce yeah yeah so uh, what is your opinion on retirement and and how it works well i from so there's a couple ways of looking at this the first one is what you just said most people don't realize that this is a fairly new invention and it was to take things that either people out of the factories or you retire equipment that's dead or the horse that happens to be breaking down you basically bring out in the back of the field and you shoot them i mean this is like we're retiring bessie the horse or the equipment that's failing i mean this is so why are we doing that to people and and it doesn't even make any sense and here's one of the craziest things if we think about retiring we're 50 60 years old and we're done and we've spent the last 30 40 years of doing something and becoming really good and really wise about something it's at that point that we really have something of tremendous value to offer and yet people are saying oh that's when i'm going to leave and actually start living (laughs) one that doesn't even make any sense you're you're at your prime where you can actually deliver and two why would you wait until you're 60 to live anyway like why wouldn't you be doing this the entire time so people have this completely skewed view of what retirement is, and then they think, well, here's what here's what Wall Street told me. If I just save $2 million, I can get this 8% a year, and I can live off that forever. And I look at that, and I go, you're going to get to $2 million or whatever that number is. You're going to be 60 years old, and you're going to be scared to death, and you're going to be afraid to do anything because you don't want to lose it and run out of money before you run out of life. So the entire plan is screwed up spiritually. It's screwed up economically. It, I mean, it's emotionally, it's a disaster. So we just have to trash that idea and ask, what makes more sense to follow that system or to say, okay, I'm going to live all the way through from today until my last breath. And what is the idea of financial security? Cause that's really what retirement is in our mind. We're trying to create the financial security. 
And it's really us developing the confidence that we can that we can continue to create. We do that through marketing ideas. We do that through creating value. It's not about a big pile of cash in the bank. I promise that is not the answer. It's about that confidence to create. And you, when you have that, retirement changes completely. It literally dissolves into, wow, hope, real hope, not smoking hopium, but hope, hope. Wow. That's, it's a big idea, but it, it, it's a critical one because it shifts how you act today, right? Instead of just stashing money, you're now, how can I improve myself? Which really, I mean, if you look back into the greats and you read any stoicism, which I love, it's all about daily improvement, right? Just getting, providing more value, providing more value. And so if you're, instead of trying to stash away money, you're, you're providing value. That's a big mind shift for a lot of people in how they're going to look at their day to day. Right. It, 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 it is. I mean, it's that, that but we're, we're, we're told that this is how you do it. I'm not, I'm not opposed to having a, a little emergency fund, but if, if we focus on just building up an emergency fund and saving money and that's our entire financial plan, then what we're doing is we're saying, please universe, send me emergencies so I can use it on my, my plan. And that way I'm in alignment Ooh. instead of saying, <laughs> how can I, how can I continue to improve? Uh, no, people are asking for the next emergency that they can spend. They can you know, blow up their tires in their car. People, it's funny, you know, people that always have an emergency. Well, that's great. I mean, you know, they probably have that emergency fund. So they've totally gone into alignment between these ideas and their physical reality. But they're, what, what does that do? 10 years from now, they're still dealing with their emergency fund and they're still dealing with their emergencies instead of that continual never ending improvement, that day to day that you just mentioned, which is what builds the confidence. And that's what builds the real security and the ability to live and, and move through life without being afraid all the time. Wow. And yeah, and, and that's, that's what's all about. It's just day to day living life as much as possible, not being afraid because you never know. Right. Uh, <laughs> um, so how, are, how are you improving yourself every day, Damien? Well, the, the thing that I like to do every single day is is take action on something, the things that I don't know, that, that I don't understand, the, the things that I'm not, that I haven't done a thousand times. It's it's easy to, to, to kind of think about the idea that I'm going to do the things that work. Well, everything's changing so fast. So you really just have to be out there doing something. And and so my, my idea of improving is constantly being out there growing. And that's growth is one of our other six key values. We're always finding ways to try new things. And, and a lot of this has to do with business. It's it's marketing, it's communicating, it's showing up outside of the noise because people are just buried in noise. We're drowning in noise and we're looking for for real connection, for, for wisdom. And, and so uh, trying something new, I mean, podcasting, being on interviews, this is a relatively new medium and, and it's it's not comfortable to, to be out there when you first start. It's not comfortable to be on video. But now what are people doing? They're looking to video. That's how we communicate. And so if you don't get comfortable going through that uncomfortable, awkward space of learning how to use your, your phone to take video, you're going to miss out on this major boat of communication that's happening. So it's it's finding those new spaces, those, those new mediums, and then trying things, and then falling on my face on a regular basis. <laughs> wow. I mean, you're... I want so many people to listen to that and know that it's doing the thing, not in spite of the fear, but because of the fear, right? It's, it's, because, it's because you're afraid. You know, I was talking to one of my good friends, Jason Swank, and you know, we run a mastermind and we're shifting stuff up a little. And he's like, I'm not sure if that's, you know, that way scares me. Let's do it. Like he's nice. a, it, And he's like that. If, it, if I'm scared of it, that means I have to do it. 
And that, that's how we grow, right? And the guy's built a, a new, he's built one eight-figure business, sold it, and now he's building another seven-figure business uh, in, in short time. But it's through that fear. And uh, and also, I talk about investing, too, because one of the things I tell people, in uh, investing in marketing, and to my keynote, it, it, there's so much the same, but what's obvious is not valuable, right? Is that, is that true in your investments? I, what, what's obvious is being chased by a bunch of, of lemmings, and and so if you're doing that, you're going over the, you're going into the ocean, and you're going to drown with all the other lemming. I mean, that's truly what, the way it is. It's, it, and if it's if it's obvious, it seems safe. So when it's it's out there and it seems unusual, that may be the thing that works, and it's and not other people are doing it. So you're going to differentiate, and it may fail, and that's where the courage comes into play where you you go into action and you develop that courage by going through these things and knowing that a number of them aren't going to work but that's where you make the breakthroughs that's where you end up with the seven and eight figure businesses because you're willing to push through the not so safe not so obvious experiences or ideas yeah and and then everyone in the end is like oh that was obvious that was the obvious path right it always is at the end yeah it's, it's super obvious at the end it's, it's like these things like like the ubers and and the different things that are working now it, it's so obvious but yeah. somebody had to do it it was crazy and it didn't make any sense when when it first started and we have to start with the thing that's a little crazy it doesn't quite make sense nobody can really see what we're seeing it's it's becoming the visionary and seeing into into the darkness so I'm, now we've talked a, a little bit, a lot about marketing, but I'm going to be self-serving here. So if you, I'm sorry to the listeners, but this is about me at this point. But Damien, I'm looking at your biography. I'm looking at all the things you've done. I'm looking at your personality. I think that you've obviously developed something that's of high value to people. Tell me about your financial methods. Tell me how they work. Well, I mean, the, the financial methods are really all about looking at money as as something that serves us, and it's it's not something that you just hold and you put in your own bo- little box, like we talked about. It's the idea is is we say, okay, what is money? Money is this thing that, that this idea that we've created. It's a, it's it's a it's an asset that really is meant to go make more money, and then we wanted to continue doing that. So one of the core concepts that I, I teach and, and talk with people about both in, in the, the company and just in the work I've done one-on-one is this idea that we should be creating assets all the time that are constantly creating more assets. And this is the simplest one to think of, the way to think about that is you, you buy a rental property or you write a book and, and, there, and you've created an asset that is continually, and you can buy those assets or you can create them. And, and so... I like that focus because it, it breaks people away from the idea of just saying, I'm going to have a big pile and that's going to be sufficient. Yep. What we want to do is, is create something because then we actually have to take responsibility. We have to create something that's going to continue to work. And and one of the big distinctions that we have to really own is this idea of, of, of active versus passive investing. And we all like the idea, I think most people would, would say they like the idea of passive money, mailbox money, stuff that just goes up and we don't have to do anything. And I go, okay, that's, that's cool and I appreciate the idea. But imagine if, we were, if we're talking about a relationship and, and we, we, we look at relationships the same way and we say, I'm going to have a passive relationship. How long is your significant other going to stick around if you're in a passive relationship? And it's the same thing with money. We've got to be actively engaged or it's going to go away, just like the spouse would or our significant other. And so we, it's, the, the, it's the fundamental ideas behind these things because it doesn't matter if we're talking about an apartment building or a business or, or, or whatever we're talking about in terms of investing. 
it's this philosophy that we're going to be engaged, that we're going to own it. We're in relationship with our assets, with our money. It's not just something that we we are going to um, pass off to somebody else or say it's not important. That's one of the single stupidest things I've ever heard somebody say is, I don't really care about money. My, my dad used to say this, and it's why he was basically broke, because he repelled it. He didn't say it, it matters. And yet, what did he do every day of his life? He went to work, working for it. So we have to take these these things that we're brain damaging ourselves with and start to throw them away and put something else, some better brain food in there. Yes. And I, you came, you made a very important point with the language that we use. And when the language we use markets to ourselves, right? When you say, I don't right. care about money, you start to believe it. And you start to believe it. And you start paying attention to it. And caring, and I think people have also equated caring about money with being greedy or these bad things. And care, like caring about money just means that you care about providing value. Um, so that, that internal marketing is crucial. And I, I've noticed the most successful people are very careful with that language. Right. They, they are. And it's, it's their internal language. And it's also the people that we're spending time with. So right now people are listening to us talking. So they're basically hanging out with us. They're hanging out with our ideas and our energy and how we, how we see the world. So we, we've got to be wickedly careful and conscious around who's influencing us. And for most people, there's this default. It's their family. It's their friends. It's, it's the proximity to their neighbors and their whoever's sitting down the, that, down the hall or whatever. And the problem is if we're not conscious to that, then we, we start absorbing all that stuff. And if we're not willing to say, no, that doesn't work with me, we're going to become those people. We're going to become those ideas. And a lot of those things are very, very negative because there's no consciousness around it. Yep. And that's, once again, that marketing, that influence, and it, it seeps into you. And if you're not careful of it, it can greatly, I mean, it can actually alter the, the shape of your brain and we won't get into the whole neuroscience of it, but, uh, <laughs> that's right. Um, so what, when you get into this, what are the first steps that of working with you, uh, of really getting this going and shifting this mindset and changing the way we control our money? Well, the, the first thing that, so when I, when I went through my whole process of building and then blowing this thing up and then re, reinventing, I, I wrote this book called Reinvented Life. And, and what I did with this was one thing I realized I never wanted to go through this again. And one great way to make sure that you don't do the same thing twice is to write about your experience, be really honest, and then publish it. Because not only are you going to see your stuff, but random people are going to say, hey, you wrote about doing this thing 10 years ago, but you seem to be doing it again. And so you get all this accountability from the universe. It's a very powerful, cool experience. It's a little annoying sometimes, but it happens. <laughs> so so yeah, I, I wrote that. And, and what I did in there is I shared these experiences and, and the process of really going through that. And then in each of the chapters, I wrote what I would ask myself if I was in that same space, the, the, the actual activity, because it's not enough just to read something or listen to something. You actually have to get involved. You have to be a participant in it. And, and so the, the first step is really asking those questions that I, I laid out in that book. I, I thought about all the most powerful questions, like my most powerful question ever, which is what is true. And when we ask that question, we can go into a space, a space of, of consciousness and, and get very present within seconds because it's for some reason we go into that it's, it's almost a spiritual space of of real and and so that book is full of those questions that's the first step for anybody is to get really honest and then you have to ask what, what are the questions i need to answer that are inside me so i go through i go through that that experience of of asking those questions with people or they just get the book and ask them themselves it's 
I think you have to start by figuring out what's really going on inside you. And somebody's got to ask you the questions or you've got to ask them. But the question is, what, do you, what questions do you even ask? So that was the, that's the first thing. And then once we have a baseline of, of what's real, where we really are, then the next thing is, what do we do with it? And one of the things I like people to do, and it, it's going to seem very, very simplistic, but for most people, their, their money and their investing and their finances is very passive. They've just handed things off. There's not really a responsibility or ownership. And so I say, okay, well, let's, let's do something where you can really get involved. And they go, great. So are we going to go buy a house? And I say, no, we're not going to go buy a house. We're, the first thing you're going to do is you're going to go buy an ounce of silver. And they go, why? And I go, because for one, you're making a decision, you're pulling the trigger, you're going to own it, you're going to hold it, you're going to feel it. And you're going to get addicted to this experience of you being in charge of something. And for some reason, there's almost a magical, energetic connection to holding real wealth, something is, that is real. It's not smoke and mirrors. It's not just something that's made up out of thin air um, from a you know, Wall Street firm. So that's usually the process, asking the questions and then getting going. And people tend to get paralyzed by the overwhelming nuances that are in, involved in, in real estate or business. So if we can get them doing something. I found that that's the fastest way to get somebody in the game, holding on to something and saying, I want more. Awesome. Yeah. And that's, it's action. It action. is action, you know, action oriented people. That's time in and time out. As I go through the most successful marketers, um, I, we just left traffic and conversion. I don't know when you guys are listening to this, but it's, it's the biggest marketing conference out there. And Really, what's cool is because the stuff that's going on, not that it's bad information, it's just that if you're an action-oriented marketer, it's six-month-old information. Like, we talk to each other, and we're like, okay, we take action on it right away. But the guys in the hallways, the guys that are really successful, they just do stuff, right? You tell them an idea, they're doing that in the next 12 hours. They're not thinking about it. They're not doing an analysis. They're like, what's the worst that happens? And one of my good friends that's on a show um, owns an accounting software company um has blown up eight figure businesses and but he still just always is like action 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 and that's so crucial i love that that little action right because it's the little steps that's so cool i've never heard that before and that's that's a great idea when did you come up with that 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 silver dollar or this ounce of silver so one of one of the things that I got involved with again an accident how how many things happen as accidents because we're in action in motion doing something I ended up starting a, a precious metals company years ago because I was I was transitioning and I thought well what can I do and I I knew about silver and gold it seemed cool I like pirates of the Caribbean and it seemed like a natural fit and and then when, the more I was studying these metals and realizing this is real wealth it's I saw what it was like for people to to, to actually have physical metals delivered to them and 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 how they lit up around something that was real that they could they could it was right in front of them so i realized that's a powerful piece to start people on their path when most people are just stuck and and it was it was simple the the funny thing about taking action i don't know how many times i've done this it's probably something i should get help for like there's a um a a registration anonymous like alcoholics (laughs) anonymous i would i get in these conversations and an idea comes up like the the idea of smoking hopium and when that came up i go hey that'd be a good url so i tend to register URLs. so i'm in the middle of a conversation i go hold on i gotta go to, i have to go to GoDaddy, and I, i'll go register <laughs> something so i've always taken action in the most obscure ways but you know what some of these things stick and we just have to find ways to take action like the guys you're talking about in the hall they're yep. doing stuff it's all the time they're not thinking and thinking and thinking forever they're just doing things and it doesn't mean it all works no nope. it definitely does not work 
Nope, nope. And I mean, you have to figure out what to say no to as well. But that's funny. Yes. Yeah, I registered what four domain names last week too. So, <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> Everyone's like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "I'll figure it out." <laughs> yeah, it, it's something. But you, you know, I think you're, to your point about saying no, that's there. There's a book that Gary Keller wrote called "The One Thing," and yep. and that this book is it's funny because it has as much to do with saying no if not more than it does to doing the right thing because you've got to filter out all the stuff that's trying to get your attention i mean everybody wants our time everybody there so many things want our attention our money our focus and you can't get anywhere if you're not willing to say no most of the time yep yep and it's a, such a dichotomy so what is your weather vane to say no well, for one, the, the values drive things. So when, when people come into my life or ideas come into my life, they, they're either, if they're not aligned with my values, they're an immediate, forget it. Like I've, I've had people pitch me on investing in strip clubs and I pass. It's not, and, and I've seen the financials on these things and it's, it's unbelievable how much cash they produce, but it doesn't fit into my values. It doesn't, so I, the values start the, the conversation. And then when I look at my overriding vision for this year and the next five years, I know where I'm going, and, and and so when opportunities to do things, or it, it doesn't matter whether it's a speaking engagement or it's a an investment or something, it may not fit. Like I I tend to not be that interested in wanting to invest in a lot of startups, and the, and I I tend to want to go after things like real estate that produce cash flow. The reason that I invest in in startups is because I want to invest in the people that are part of the deal. It's not necessarily a startup because most startups are going to they're going to fall apart. They're mm-hmm. not going to work. I want to connect with the people. I want to support them and it's to me that totally goes into one of my values which is relationship. And I'm I'm supporting the relationship. I'm connecting deeper and I don't know where that's going to go, but that's why I do it. It's more about the relationship than it is the the company going and becoming worth 100 million dollars. That's a side effect that's awesome. Maybe that'll happen. So I, that's really the judgment. I use the, the values to decide what I'm going to spend time with, what sticks. Yeah, I, I, you said something very important there, too, is investing in those relationships. And I think a lot of people don't realize that marketing and, and good business is all about investing in relationships and that your marketing should be and your business should be about investing in those relationships. All good ones are, right? That, that, that is probably the thing that most people miss more than anything when they're marketing. I, I, I've been paying attention to Seth Godin for years and I get mm-hmm. these emails from him every single day and there's this argument people have about how often should I market to people? How often should I communicate? And I just laugh and I go, if Seth sends me 10 emails a day, I know that he's gonna send me 10 pieces of, of valuable information. Once every 20 or 50, there might be something, an invitation to something, either to purchase or to show up at something. But what he's doing is he's con- continuing to nurture the relationship and he's giving me value. And I feel like he actually cares. And it's part of a massive system that he's delivering to who knows how many people, thousands of people. But it's it's building the relationship. Marketing has to be about the relationship. If it's just pounding on people, people get worn out with that stuff. And yep. nobody, nobody really wants that. Yeah. But if you provide enough value to someone... And if you provide enough value, I've told this to people, and it's a Zig Ziglar, but if you can get anything if you want in the world you want, um, if you provide enough value to people, I paraphrase that. But the whole point is, yeah, if you if you do that, people are going to come to you, right? And they're going to say, what can I do? Well, how can I spend my money with you? You don't even have to ask them. 
<laughs> that, 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 you know, it's funny because that's that's exactly what happens where people just I, there are certain people when they come out with something, uh, they they have a new book or they have they have a course or I I love Grant Cardone. So Grant Cardone comes out with freaking socks that have his different branding on them, 10x and and seller be sold like so I'm literally walking around with Grant Cardone's socks on my feet promoting <laughs> him when I lift my 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 jeans up. There's hey there's Grant. There's his marketing message because. I value his message. I value who he is and how he shows up. And so I'm not just drinking his Kool-Aid. I am swimming in it and I'm wearing it now. So it's people do when they when you have people that people with they're they're going to go wherever you wherever you are. Wherever you, I mean it's just it's an amazing way to quote unquote market by creating deep relationships. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Damien, it's been fantastic talking to you. Your website is totalcontrolfinancial.com. What's the best way if someone wanted to get to know more about you and what you're doing in your business? What's the first place when they go to your website that they should go? Uh, They should go right up to the top and and get a copy of the the book. It says free book. It's the first thing they're going to run into. And just getting a copy of that to, to learn more about the company and what we're doing. And if you want to know more about me, the, the place to go is, is Reinvented Life and grab a copy on Amazon because you're going to understand me at, a, at, a, at almost a scary level where because there's so much raw truth about the experience and about who I was and who I am. I mean, if, if, if you want to know who I am, that is the story. It's right there in black and white. Awesome. Damien Lupo, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. It's been a, it's been a blast. It's been Appreciate awesome. It. And thank you all for listening and taking Damien and I on your journey. This has been Ian Garlic and the Garlic Marketing Show. That's it for the Garlic Marketing Show. If you want to get the inside scoop and the latest techniques, make sure to follow Ian Garlic on Facebook. 